Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning to everyone right here on Real Mentors Radio. It's a beautiful Monday morning. I actually reached out to my youngest adult son, Dalton, yesterday. They were getting some pretty heavy rain over on the East Coast, the New Jersey Shore, so I wanted to check with him, see how he was doing. Said a lot of rain, but everything was fine. You know, it was a beautiful weekend. We had a poker run down here. If y'all don't know what that is, it's where the super boats come in and and they run up and down and raise funds for different charities. And man, it was just a it was a blast to watch these guys. Then I jumped over on Facebook and my brother Jimmy Gilhouse had a a buddy of his who he rides bikes with who had been in an accident. And I just went through that with a friend of mine down here. Only in this case, he actually had to have his leg amputated. And, uh, man, Jim put together a beautiful tribute, and we passed that around. You know, it's just, you got to thank your blessings daily for what God's given you. And I've been blessed. i got a beautiful family, a beautiful business. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't go wrong. I don't always agree with everything that happens in life, but just like Michelangelo, I understand that you got to be content because sometimes success takes years. You know, it's it's Chris starts this chapter out. He says, success, sometimes success takes years. It takes methodical action over time. And I thought, man, in this self-gratifying, instant-focused world that we live in, less and less, I think, true success. This is why, This is why the myth about lifestyle has taken such a prominent hold on America, I believe. Everybody's looking for that instant lifestyle, that gratification. Jump on the Internet. Feel good today. I don't care if it's sex. I don't care if it's the news. I don't care if it's network marketing. It's that instant gratification. And yet when you look at this chapter alone, not not even the whole book, just this chapter, we're going to really get down to the nitty-gritty of success. And I want you to look at your season in life Don't look at other people's seasons in life, but look at your season in life to decide how successful are you or have you been. As we left off last Friday, the old man and Thomas were walking out of the workshop and headed towards dinner. They were going to go have a fine Italian meal, and that's where we catch up with them now. They've gotten to the restaurant, and the old man looked around and pointed to a table the maitre d' said, please. So the old man said, come on. He goes, we'll go sit down and I'll order for us. Well, that is, if you don't mind, he asked him. He said to Thomas. And Thomas said, no, certainly. If you'd like that, I'm sure I'll like it too. So the old man caught the eye of the server, and the server came over and brought him some bread and olive oil and got him ready. And he said, would you like any water, Thomas? And he said, yeah, please, a bottle. So as they sat down and the water was being brought to the table. The old man ordered for him. When he got done ordering, Thomas goes, man, it looks like you're ordering for an army. And he said, well, an army of two. He goes, but I want you to enjoy. You've had a great day. I want you to relax. And as the waiter brought back their, their pitcher of wine for the evening, the old man poured them both two glasses, and he raised his glass. And he said, Thomas, to all that you have learned today, may it change your life forever. And I, and I stopped there this morning as I was 
as I was reading through this, I thought, may it change your life forever over just the last six, seven, eight months of the year. I have seen how my life has changed forever. It all started, let me let me share this with you. I, I can remember back at the end of September of last year, I received a phone call from a, a man that I have learned to respect and admire, Dennis Doctel, out of Austin, Texas, saying, I'd like, you to, like for you to come on as my VP of sales. And that started me down a whole new path than what I would have been on. It put me back inside of corporate. It put me back inside of seeing a startup for, for, man, the first time in a long time. It showed me the different personalities, showed me the difference between calculated risk and and no no risk at all. It, it showed me a lot of different things from the field's perspective and from corporate's perspective. In May, as I was rolling down old 98 towards Orlando to go to the Real Savvy Success Conference, Dennis had called and said, "We're we're we're gonna we're not gonna fulfill or finish up the contract. We're gonna go the six months, but we're gonna we're gonna go a different direction." And I said, "I understand." And that started me on a whole new path, back out into the business world on my own. And I thought, "Wow, how amazing!" As I read this, may your life change forever. In a couple of weeks, I head to Newport Beach to go to the next Real Savvy Success Conference. And I thought, how different this one is. Here, this last six or seven months has propelled me into creating my own small training and creating a new advocacy program and meeting the likes of Richard Brooke and others. It's amazing when you set and you actually look backwards how different events in your life will change your life forever. But each event, if you look at it and learn from it, becomes the catalyst towards your success. For the next few minutes, as the old man and Tom sat around the the table, sitting out on the they're out in the pavilion there, the beautiful Italian sun setting. Wanted to know about all his trips, all the different legs of the trip that he went on and and as Thomas was sharing, he started thinking to himself, he said, Man, I'm really kind of disappointed because this is the only place that I feel I'm able to get answers. I was able to to find out something. And he said it this. He, he, Chris writes it this way. He says, at last he was glad that he had found the old man or had the old man found him. In any case, he was grateful for the lessons he was learning. They were simple but profound and just what he needed to hear at this stage of his life, even if he was a little nervous and apprehensive about putting them into action. I felt that way a few weeks ago when Richard Brooke took time to mentor me on the phone. You know, any time you're starting to make a small change, any time you're moving forward, this happens. The old man looked at him, at Tom, after a few bites of their appetizer and he says, is it up to your standards? He says, yes. The old man said, it looks like you haven't eaten in a week. And he said, well, I haven't eaten this kind of food in a week. I've been pinching my pennies. The old man smiled and picked up the wine and filled both of their glasses. And he said, to, the, to your coming success. And they touched their glasses. He said, so what's the next lesson? He goes, I'm, e- I'm an ego. The old man said, you're an ego learner. And he said, well, I am. It's Time is short, and I want to learn. 
so Thomas, let me ask you a question. Where do you think you should be by now as far as your career is concerned? Now, this is where we start to get serious, so listen to this. Thomas says, well, I think that I should be making almost twice as much money and be at least two levels above where I'm in, in the organizational chart. And the old man was stunned. He said, really? Well, yes, why? And the old man said, because it's this, that seems to be unreasonable. Thomas said, why is it unreasonable? I read about people all the time who have risen much more quickly than I have at the same age. Now, this next statement that Chris writes, I want you to think about it. He says, it's un- unreasonable for two reasons. First, because you've realized your current job does not engage your passions. How can you excel at what you do if you have no joy for what you do? I thought, wow, now that's profound. A lot of times in direct selling, we try to judge ourselves based on someone else's success. But yet too many times we forget that the the pathway of direct sales, although it is a profession for some, most of the time is just a vehicle to be able to reach your full dreams and aspirations. People all the time say, well, Troy... You know, you tell people to use companies as a vehicle to propel their own personal success, but yet you call it a profession. Why is it a profession to you? And I say, because I was called to serve other people. Throughout my whole life, from the time I was very young, has been to serve others. And this is a place where I get to serve those who in some cases never meet me personally, but I'm able to leave a lasting impact in their life. The majority of people just use it as a vehicle. My friend Oren Woodward has used it as a as a vehicle to propel his own leadership training and to build a team where he serves his team and other people, both inside and outside the profession. This happens constantly. Kenny Trout, who was the, the co-founder of Excel Communications, used it to to fund his passion of raising horses. And just a couple of years ago, won the Kentucky Derby with one of his horses. So you have to to look at this number one and say, why am I trying trying to judge my success against somebody else's if you're not really happy? The old man said the second reason is because you're placing unrealistic expectations on yourself, which brings us to a point I must address. Yes, the media focuses on the very successful. But have you ever asked yourself what percentage they represented the overall population? What percentage of 30-year-olds like yourself are directors of corporation making 125000 a year? He paused and then continued. He said, Thomas, it is a minuscule amount. Of course the media must cover them. A magazine article of a 30-year-old making $20,000 a year Stuck in the middle of the pack is hardly inspiring. See, we look at the media sometimes and we say, well, look at it. It's all negative. But then when we read the great stories, you know, the the top 50 under 50, the top 400 richest, the rags to richest stories, and then we say, well, if they can do it, we can do it. But yet, whereas that phrase may totally be true in and of itself, When you put it into context of your life, 
you may not be able to accomplish what that person accomplished at that age because of these two reasons. You're not doing what you should be doing. And because success comes over time. I looked at that and I thought, wow. The old man said, here's the lesson. Sometimes success takes years. And sometimes years and years and years. The giant is 13 and a half feet tall. It took Michelangelo 28 months to sculpt the statue from start to finish. That's less than six inches per month or less than one and a half inches per week. Michelangelo successfully completed the David, but it was a slow process any way you looked at it. Yet he knew that the time and patience would be well worth the wait. Life is also like that. Sometimes success just takes years. It takes methodical actions over time. I can remember when I first married Paige. I, I just, all I wanted to do was just be with her. Wanted to make love to her, wanted to go on drives with her, wanted to talk to her, wanted to hold her, wanted to watch her. Just her. And for the most part, that's what we did. I mean, we just enjoyed each other. The kids come along. Now there's one child, there's two children, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six in between you. You don't have time together. But the success of our marriage has gotten stronger. Because with each child that came along, we knew that we had to make more time for each other. Maybe not in quantity, but in quality. That's why we take drives on a regular basis down the beach. It's just us listening, sharing, talking, growing. One day the kids will all be gone, the grandkids will be gone. And once again, it would just be the two of us like in our early years. Having fun, spending time together, probably in a different manner than when we were kids. But yet just the two of us, enjoying life. And as I look at it through the Bible or even through the Indian ways, we will enjoy eternity together. I looked at success, and, and I know that Chris writes it as a, as in work, but when you look at life in general, it's the same principle. Thomas says, but life is short. He said, that's true, but remember you're talking to an old man. And I'm older than you could possibly imagine, and yet I know that life must be paced. There are seasons to life. There is a season to build the home and a season to live in it. There is a season to tend to the crop and a season to bring them in and eat them. There are seasons to life. And Thomas, for you it's still spring. You will arrive at winter before you know it. And when you do, you will most likely long for your youth. The earlier we are in our lives, the more we hope for the latter stages and the latter we are in life, the more we long for the earlier times. The key is to enjoy each stage while you're in it and understand the success takes time. You know, I, this is a, an area where as I look back in my life, i got to admit, there are some times in my life 
my youth that I would have loved to have gone back to, but they're few and far between. I really have enjoyed and have lived a full life. I've lived more life than most people ever have a right to. I've done more things, enjoyed more things, gone through harder headaches than most. And yet each one of them I've written down, I've pondered, and I've used it as a growing experience. I feel I've been blessed because over the years, my mom and dad taught me the importance of reading. So I've been reading and learning and studying from great authors since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Won award after award after award in summer reading programs. I love to read. And I believe that's why I've lived life to its fullest. And as I read Chris's book here, I believe that's one of the things that we must all do. If you've not bought this book, you really need to. I I challenge you to go to chriswidener.com, W-I-D-E-N-E-R, chriswidener.com, and buy this book because it will change your life. See, if you want success, no matter where you're at in life, you've got to do some things. First thing you have to do is you've got to find your passion. What is it that you love? What work will bring you joy as you perform it? I share this with people constantly. It's never about the amount of money that you'll make in a chosen profession. If that's all it is and it's just an occupation, you might as well just go to work digging ditches. And I'm not knocking guys that dig ditches. I'm just saying I, I know some guys that dig ditches and they love what they do. They grew up playing with Tonka toys, and they just have bigger Tonka toys now. But you have to find your passion, not somebody else's. One of the reasons I go to the same place for breakfast and coffee every morning is because those ladies love what they do. Ask yourself, what work will bring you joy? That's not a word everybody uses, but that's the key to your success. You must find that first. Chris writes it this way. People who are passionate are people who move the world and make a difference. Once you find your passion, then you must give it time. I started on this quest of becoming the most well-known and respected advocate in direct sales two years ago, and I'm so far from reaching my destination. I may never reach it, but I love this so much. I love the people in it. I love seeing people use it to climb their, their, their families out of holes. I love seeing them use it for personal growth, and I just want to make sure that everybody has a, an even playing field. But it takes time, and I know that. But each stage of the game, I've learned something, I've met new friends, I've seen what I've done wrong, and I've made some changes. As Chris says, every stage is a proving ground. It's only after we've mastered each stage on our way to success are we given the opportunity to move forward. It takes time at each stage to build a foundation for future success, to learn the lessons that we must learn and to develop the skills that we will need in the future. I was reading another book this weekend from a very dear friend of mine. Her name's Margaret Feinberg. She wrote a book called Hungry for God. And she sent me an advanced copy of it, and I've been reading it because I'm going to do a review on it. And in the chapter I'm reading called Shaped 
by God's voice. Instead of using a sculptor, she uses a potter in the potter wheel. And I was so intrigued last night as I was flipping through that chapter and reading it, because just like Chris is talking about Michelangelo, she talks about a potter and how the clay, before it's ever formed into the final piece, must be equally balanced. Must be, because if it's not balanced, then the final product will come out lopsided. I thought, oh man, this is just one of the stages I'm in where I'm having to be refined. I'm being, I'm being molded by the potter. I'm being sculpted by the sculptor. I got real quiet, and I thanked God for the men and women that he'd brought into my life. I met Chris Widener a year ago. We had him on the radio show, and in passing, was able to get to know him. But it wasn't until my friend Richard Brooke officially introduced us that I was able to see the true spirit of Chris's passion. What he was trying to accomplish. And I thought, this is so amazing. A new stage in my life. And through my good friend Richard Brooke, who God brought into my life, now he's brought Chris Widener into my life. I am being surrounded by some of the greatest teachers, some of the greatest wisdom of the 21st century. And I don't know why. But through this, I'm able to pass it on to our listeners. I'm able to share about it and, and, and impact people's lives through men and women greater than I. And to me, this is like the coolest thing under the sun. Because I realize I'm at a new stage of my success journey. And I don't want to go too fast. I want to learn the lessons that I'm to learn. I want to develop the new skills that I must develop. See, this is where you need to be. Each of us need to be at these stages and we need to work through it. Because when we do, literally the sky's the limit on where we'll go. See, if we're passionately pursuing what we love and preparing ourselves for greatness in the years to come, then do you realize your story's not even been written and it doesn't matter what level of life you're at. You can be in your 30s or your 60s. Nobody tells us that we have to accept our fate. As I study the greatest heroes in the Bible, I find this out. There's one young lady in the Bible. There's not a lot written on her, but I just adore her. Her name's Rahab. Rahab was what we would know as a high-paid call girl. She lived high up on the outer walls of Jericho, if you know the story. And as the Israelites, the Hebrew people, were coming to take the town, they sent two spies into the city. Now, one of these days, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord, of all the places the spies could have gone, why the heck did they choose a call girl's place? Okay, that's just one of those manly things i got to find out about. But long story short... 
the two spies knocked on her door and said, If you will hide us, God will bless you. She never questioned that. She hid them. And when the king's guards come knocking on her door saying, Hey, we heard that the two spies came this way. Without batting an eye, the way every good actress would, she said, oh yes, they were here, but they are gone. They went in that direction. And after the king's men had left, she made the spies promise her that they, she would, the Israelites would spare her family. And through a series of events, her family got into her house. When the walls of Jericho fell, she and her family were spared. If you look at the genealogy, she'd be the great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. The reason I bring this story up is because as I'm looking at this chapter and I'm reading about Rahab, I thought, we're all at different stages of our life. At that stage of her life, to earn her living, she was a prostitute. If you were one of her Johns or one of her relatives, you would have never have guessed that somewhere down the line, if you're a Christian, that the Savior of the world would have been born. You'd have never have guessed that this I'm sure beautiful lady, talented in many different things, would have been the mother of Jesus. Now you talk about a success journey from prostitute to queen, so to speak. As I looked at Chris's chapter and I got back into it. I mean, I, I tell you what, this weekend has been nothing but soul-searching for me. As I got back into it, the old man said, Thomas, I find the human mind to be fascinating. It is an incredible work of art all into itself. The amazing potential of the mind is that we can shape it what we will. We can, we can shape with it what we will become and believe. But what we have to do is know the secret. And the secret is we think about what we tend to think about. If we think about how hard things are, then we tend to worry about how hard things are. If we focus on being great, grateful for our lives and what we have, our thoughts will tend to be thoughts of gratitude. So imagine... Imagine that Michelangelo might have stopped every day after completing another portion of David and said to himself, I'll never get it done. I should be further along. It should look better. I'm just never going to get this done. Think about that. Or do you think that he kept at the forefront of his mind that little by little he was completing his masterpiece and soon enough of it would be done that it would make sense, that he would see it, that others would see it. I studied that and I thought, man, that yeah, that's pretty powerful. Too many times we ask ourselves the stupidest questions 
because our mind is focused on the critical and the negative. What we have to do is not look at, oh, poor me. But what we need to do, I believe, no matter what stage of our life we're in, is we need to look at the greatest events that have ever taken place in our life. Those events where we were on top. And we say to ourselves, if I did it once, I can do it again. Just because somebody doesn't see my value doesn't mean that I'm not valuable. I am a priceless piece of art. And I have a lot to give to the world. That's what we need to be focused on. I'm telling you, this was an eye-opening for me. So simple, but yet profound. I love it. Tomorrow, no one starts with the Sistine Chapel. This one will blow your mind. It's so good. Chris Widener is, I I tell you what, truly one of a kind when it comes to creatively writing and pushing a point so deeply into your mind that emotionally you actually feel like you're living it. I cannot give justice to this book. You need to buy it. You need to listen to what comes into your mind from this book. Michelangelo's Secrets for Following Your Passion and Finding the Work You Love, The Angel Inside by Chris Widener. Go buy it today. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow with me for realmentorsradio.com. Bye now.